Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, they're back. Today is the first day of Utah's annual legislative session, and representatives and senators from around the state are making their way downtown. Over just 45 days, lawmakers will pass hundreds of bills that affect our everyday lives in a myriad of ways. It's a lot to keep up with. So I asked KUER politics reporter Sage Miller what the big themes are this year. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Sage Miller, this is your first legislative session as a politics reporter for KUER. But I know that before you were a public radio nerd, you were a, and continue to be a debate nerd, correct? Oh, absolutely. In and out, through and through. Okay, I want to know what advice you would give to legislators who are debating their bills on the floor. Read the evidence. Mm. (laughs) That's so shady. Read the evidence. Know your argument. Know your argument. Wow, that is so good. Okay, let's get into some of these big evidence-based issues. Last year, we saw a lot of investment in response to the crisis at the Great Salt Lake. Activists, of course, are saying not enough. We're in a decades-long mega drought. What can we expect this year around water? There is going to be a lot on water. Both the House majority and the Senate majority, which are both Republicans, Mm -hmm. have put that as their top priority. One of their top priorities for this legislative session, so has the governor. But they passed a slew of bills last year related to the Great Salt Lake. And now they say they're ready to implement them um, and actually figure out how those changes are laying out and if they're actually working. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to fund a lot more when it comes to agricultural optimization to allow farmers to use less water and update those technologies. Okay. I also just saw a bill from Representative Doug Welton that is actually going to, if it passes, would require golf courses to report how much water they're using to water their fields. Into it. Yeah. So that's one of them. And they, I talked to Spencer Cox and Mm -hmm. he, or Governor Spencer Cox, and he said that they're also now looking at finally allocating water rights to Great Salt Lake that came out of a bill last year that allowed sovereign lands like Great Salt Lake to actually hold water rights. Oh, I'm fascinated by that. I didn't know that they passed a bill last year that actually allowed for that already. I thought that they were going to take that up this year based on Speaker Brad Wilson's comments that he was interested in the lake having its own water right. Yeah. So HB 33, which was passed by Representative Joel Ferry, which is now the director of the Department of Natural Resources, he passed a bill that changed that was a pretty big overhaul to water law in the state that allowed sovereign lands to obtain water rights, which was not existent until that bill. And Mm. it allows existing water rights holders to lease their water rights to Great Salt Lake instead of losing them if they don't use them. Oh, I see. Okay. What is your read on state leaders' real commitment to this issue? Like, are they 
sort of raising the flag because they know it's a big concern for a lot of Utahns? Or are they really invested in long-term strategy here? Because I think public sentiment is we're tired of committees to study this problem. Yeah. So they're still going to be studying the problem. There (laughs) is a bill that will actually study water infrastructure and like how we can best update it. And can we use income tax or property tax or any other form of tax in order to fund these studies? So that is something coming down the pipeline. It does seem like there is a lot of enthusiasm within the legislature to address this problem, but they're also balancing a lot of different interests. So the tangible action that comes out of those bills, will we see the impact, you know, next May? Probably not. Um, But I do know that they are making pretty strong strides, especially in the agricultural realm, to try and have farmers and ranchers reduce their water use. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let's talk about education because it's always a hot topic during the session. It makes up one of the biggest chunks of the legislature's budget, which I think is so interesting because we always rank at the bottom for per pupil spending nationally. Education advocates always want to know if teachers are going to get a raise this year. So do I. Yeah. So Spencer Cox, Governor Spencer Cox, is really rooting, really rooting for teachers to get that Mm -hmm. raise. He put a pretty hefty raise in his budget proposal. And based off the conversations that I've had with House majority leaders, they're on board with it. And they do want to give teachers a raise. But, you know, nothing comes without negotiation. Nothing comes without a debate. And there's certainly Mm -hmm. going to be a debate surrounding giving teachers a raise. And that usually is going to come with a trade-off. That trade-off being what legislators and what Governor Spencer Cox calls school choice. In other words, school vouchers. They want to fund vouchers. Uh, So kids, can have alternate forms of learning. Essentially, vouchers would help them pay for private school if they didn't want to go to public school. A bill was introduced last session by Representative Candace Perucci, failed overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. And the legislature says that they have revamped that bill. They've ironed out some of the kinks. It's going to be reintroduced this year. It's not public yet, uh, but it will be reintroduced. And they are supportive and they believe that it has a good chance of passing this time around. So if that passes, teachers, public school teachers will most likely get their pay bump. Huh. Feels less like a carrot, more like a stick, though, because the legislature is what, just trying to twist the governor's arm on this? Why are they so excited about school vouchers? That's a really great question, and I cannot wait to hear why when that bill is actually introduced and the debate goes down. But I do think it's going to be a very large focal point coming into the legislative session. Can you define school voucher, the school voucher program for me? Because I don't have kids and I don't fully understand exactly how it changes the system. So the argument that I have read is that by funding school vouchers, you are taking public funding away from education. Um, And there's an argument that it would lower the amount of kids in public schools. It would lower the amount of resources allocated to public schools, and Mm. it would create more competition for education. And I don't really know how it's going to play out on the House floor or even the Senate floor, but I'm sure it will not go without a very spicy debate. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. 
They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Well, the school system has become kind of the crossroads of a lot of the social issues that the legislature has decided to take up, especially given their veto-proof Republican majority. More and more, I think we're feeling these sort of like national cultural issues trickle down to us in the form of bills that feel like they're being tried in neighboring states. Last year, that looked like banning trans girls from competing in school sports. Unfortunately, we're already hearing that there's more legislation targeting trans people, specifically trans young people. What are we looking at here? So as of right now, there are two bills that would specifically restrict healthcare access for some transgender youth. Yeah. One of them is a House bill that would ban things like puberty blockers or hormone therapy for trans youth. And another is a Senate bill that would ban gender affirming surgery, specifically only for trans youth. So, for example, if a person had back pain because their breasts were too big, they would be eligible for breast reduction surgery. Uh, That would not be the case for what they would consider somebody suffering from gender dysphoria. Who's behind this legislation? Because it feels like it's consistently, we're seeing these kind of bills rear their head across the nation in different state legislatures. Like, are there interest groups that are pushing for this in Utah? Or is this genuine legislators excited about passing a bill like this? I don't know the answer to the first question. I don't know if there's interest groups behind these. Uh, But based off some of the committee hearings I've heard, especially when it comes to the banning gender affirming surgery for trans youth, it sounds as if the sponsor behind that bill, which is Senator Mike Kennedy, genuinely believes in it. And he's also a doctor. Hmm. So the conversation, it was it was like last October or it was like in October, I believe. And I went back and listened to it because I wrote a story on it. And he mostly just said that he wants people to make very informed decisions and not regret their decisions later on in life. So he Mm -hmm. believes that the idea to permanently transform your body to match your gender identity is something that should just be made in as adult and not something that you would regret, a decision you would regret as you were a child. And Sue Robbins, who is on the Transgender Advisory Council for Equality Utah, said that this bill also excludes the intersex community and doesn't really involve them in the conversation and will just let parents make the decision for them of like what sex they want their child to be. But the other bill, the House bill that looks at restricting puberty blockers and hormone therapy for trans youth is being sponsored by Representative Rex Ship, which I know he has introduced similar bills before that haven't gained very much traction. But this is a new legislative session and anything is possible. And these bills could garner a lot of House and Senate support. Yeah. 
So it's definitely an issue I'm keeping an eye on. I have I already clicked the button. I'm tracking the bills. I will be in those committee hearings. <laughs> so they're going to be sweaty committee hearings. I mean, I think that's going to be if it was a really dominant issue last year, and I don't see why it wouldn't be again this year. Clearly, these are messaging bills, and there is a an effort that is far more widespread than just the Utah State Capitol to be having these conversations at legislatures across the country. And it feels like really targeted political messaging to me. But it's also important to note, too, that similar to the trans sports bill, there's a good chance or there's a very, very strong chance that if it does pass, it's immediately going to go into litigation. Mm -hmm. And there's already an injunction placed on the ban for female athletes in school to play. And it's similar that I mean, it's very likely that something similar could happen because there is this there is this question of equal opportunity. Yeah. Do you think the governor would veto them again, as he did last year? I asked him that question and how he felt about these bills. And he says he doesn't know. He hasn't really looked at the bills. He wants to look at all the research. He wants to make an informed decision. And he really hopes that the legislature has this debate, has these conversations on these bills that are impacting trans youth specifically before the last day of the legislature and really hopes that they can kind of get all of the wrinkles ironed out prior to the very last wee hours of the legislative session. So he didn't say no, but he also didn't say yes. Well, I hope he takes your advice and reads the evidence. Me too. Um, the governor's motto is one Utah. We hear it over and over again. But the legislature doesn't seem to care. <laughs> and last year they went to battle with a lot of his ideas, even overriding his veto on that bill in particular, HB 11, which banned trans girls from competing in high school sports. Do you think this legislative body gets a kick out of embarrassing him? I don't know if they get a kick out of it, but it is incredibly clear that they have significantly more power than the yeah. governor. He conceded that he's most likely not going to get everything he wishes for in his budget proposal. Put the caveat on that no, no governor does. Uh, but it seems as if the legislature has different priorities than the governor's $28 billion budget proposal and where that yeah. money is going to go. It makes me want to be like, governor, they're just not that into you. <laughs> they do like to flex their muscles. And I think like another example of that that we've already seen that that is the reason I even asked that this question is around the free fare for a year proposal that the governor had. And we saw House Majority Leader Mike Schultz say, nothing's free. And like, basically, we hate it. And good luck. Try again later. And it feels like that's not even really a conversation or a debate. That's just a shutdown. Yeah. Uh, when I asked uh, House Majority Leader Mike Schultz that very question of where the majority stands when it comes to this proposal to fund no fares for a year, mm -hmm. he essentially said nothing's free. The money's going to come from somewhere and public transit is already heavily subsidized. So people should pay their fares. It's pretty cheap. I asked the governor where he stands on this and he says he's going to continue advocating for free fares or for zero fares because it improves the air, it gets more cars off the road and helps families who are struggling with inflation or just the cost of having a car. Right. And something that he said that was very fascinating to me is he will hear these arguments that public transit is already very heavily subsidized. But he threw the question on, 
Do you know how much our roads are already subsidized? Like, do you know how much money they're setting aside to expand I-15, just the idea in general? And so he, yeah, he says he's a okay, supporter governor. of it. Yeah, he says he's a supporter of it. He's going to continue advocating for this proposal to make transit more accessible and less expensive, whether that be, you know, abolishing fares altogether or finding yeah. another compromise that he says he's so keen on. Um, it's, it's yet to be seen. Uh, but yeah, it seems as of right now, there is not a ton of House majority support for mm. that proposal from the governor. Are there other proposals that he does feel confident about that are in his budget? Like, what does he think is going to make it through? He's pretty confident about education. He's pretty yeah. confident that the teachers are going to get that raise. And uh, he's also confident on some housing, affordable housing um, proposals that he has. He wants to make... He has a proposal to fund deeply affordable housing hmm. and also to help increase supply and demand and also help young folks and people in lower middle to lower class actually buy a home and live in a home and not have to rent for the rest of their lives. So he believes that's going to be a pretty strong conversation uh, this legislative session. Wow. Yeah. OK. I'll be paying close attention to that. So will I. Yeah, renter here. Are you a renter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I sure am. Yeah, have that's been. right. I've been go. for years. Yep. Okay, before I let you go, I made a little game. Ooh. It is a rapid fire game, kind of a straight shooter style. It's an either or. So basically, I'm going to give you two options. You have to pick one. You can make comments, but you are not allowed to ask questions. At the end, I will give you your score. Okay. Ready? I think so. Okay. It is legislative, 2023 legislative session themed. Oh, okay. Sage Miller, dedicated parking spot or quiet space to record? Quiet space to record. Earth's axis or press access? Like the earth? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, we're moving to the next one. Appropriations bill or kill bill volume two? Kill bill volume two. Mm. Interest group breakfast or crumbs at the bottom of your purse? Interest group breakfast. I'd love to know what's going on. Okay. I want to know what they talk about. Okay. Senator Todd Weiler deleting his Twitter account or Senator Dan McKay getting the flag tattooed on his bicep? Uh, Dan McKay tattoo. Okay. 64 ounces of Coke or 1.5 ounces of liquor? 1.5 ounces of liquor. Uh, yeah, 1.5 ounces of liquor. I don't like Coke. Okay. I was like, we could combine the two. Just make spiked Coke, and then I'm sure they'd pass it. Okay, sounds good. Here's the last one ready. Sign die or kill me now? <laughs> kill me now. Wow, that was seven out of seven. Perfect score, Sage Miller. Thank you for playing. You are officially ready for your first legislative session. Good luck out there. Thank you so much. I need all the luck I can get, Ellie. <laughs> Debate coach Sage says no the evidence, and one local leader is getting prepped to lay it out for us. Sue Robbins is a member of Equality Utah's Transgender Advisory Council. Last year, she was on the Senate floor when a bill called HB 11 got pushed through at the last minute. It's the one that banned transgender girls from playing on sports teams that align with their gender identity. This year, Sue has created a website resource for legislators, reporters, and community members who want to study the evidence. There's a guide for avoiding harmful language, extensive explanations of various legislation, and resources for understanding. 
The website is sueinut.com. I also linked it in the show notes. Bookmark it, will you? And if you want to keep up with every inch of the legislative session, listen to KUER's podcast, State Street. Sage Miller and her co-host, Sean Higgins, make political news feel a heck of a lot more accessible. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. 